Father in heaven, there are those of us here this morning who are maybe sensing the storm. There are maybe those of us here this morning who are struggling, maybe with a relationship, maybe with health, maybe even doubting you. And Father, as we gather here this morning, we want to pray that your spirit would so invade this place this morning that any doubt of your love and your care, any doubt of your presence and our lives would vanquish. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ and thank you for the difference it makes in each and every one of our lives when we live a life of faith. And Lord, as we are going to acknowledge today, no matter what, no matter what, where would we be if we did not have you in our lives? So Lord, as we continue our worship I I pray, I pray, I pray that your word would have power this morning. That you would use these words in humble submission to your spirit. And that you would indeed touch our lives in significant ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, nice to have you here this morning. We are, uh, yeah, we're, we're into the second part of our quandary series. And, you know, I want to say up front, we're talking, we're talking about... We're talking about a characteristic of God that we're not very comfortable with. You know, it's very easy to, to stand up here and to talk about the love of God and, and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ and, 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 and to talk about the, you know, the, 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 the fact that God pursues us and, and wants a relationship with all of us. But there, but there are moments that we've got to kind of uh, look at um, a characteristic of God that is very real. Um, you know the, the, the anger of God, the judgment of God, the discipline of God, um, and 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 the moments that those uh, are reflected in the scriptures are there for us to learn something very significant about this particular characteristic of God, uh, as much as we don't like it. And we're gonna and we're talking about that in this four part series called Quandary. And last week we looked and, and we're looking at this series through a particular prophet by the name of Habakkuk. And Habakkuk was was a prophet who was really distressed about what he witnessed in the culture around him. Um, you know, we, we, we read a passage last week that we all agreed could have come or, or could have been spoken of today. You know, you look out and you see this wickedness and you see the evil and, and, and you wonder why God is even allowing this to continue. And, and, and every one of us echoed the very same sentiments that came out of the prophet's mouth. And what was really striking about the fact that Habakkuk said this is, is he was reflecting on the very nation of Judah, the people who were religious, the people who were supposed to be uh, the people that, that had a righteous um, you know, demeanor, a righteous culture. And yet he was so distressed at, at seeing what, what you know, um, these people that should have known better, that had this deep relationship with God, and, and, and how they were no different from the wicked culture all around them. You know, imagine, imagine if, we, if, if we found ourselves praying for a church because it was a poor representation 
of the gospel. Imagine if we started praying for a church like that because they were wicked. Imagine, you know, what, what, what that would look like. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of ended last week and I said, have you ever heard somebody say, be careful what you pray for? Right? You know, how many, how many of us have ever had that statement? Because you may actually get the answer to, to your prayer that, that um, uh, you're getting. And this is exactly what happens to Habakkuk. Habakkuk actually gets um, his prayer answered. And he said, God, I want, you, I want you to do something about the wickedness and the evil in the world and all that kind of stuff. And, and if you are part of the life groups and if you've read anything about Habakkuk, I'm going to give you kind of like the, the Cole's version notes of what happens. Is God answers Habakkuk's prayer. And how he answers Habakkuk's prayer is incredibly disturbing. He says, yes, I am going to discipline the nation of Judah. I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to discipline them for, for you know, their lack of covenant keeping and the evil that they're doing and the wickedness that the nation has, has done. But how I'm going to discipline them is I'm going to raise up the nation of Babylon. Ouch. And I'm going to get Babylon to come and to discipline you. Now, that's really disturbing, isn't it? Can we pause on that for a minute? Habakkuk says to God, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let, let me get this right. You're going to raise up an, an, a nation that's even more evil than we are to come and to discipline us. And God says, you got it. You're absolutely right. That's what I'm going to do. Now, I don't know about you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bothered by that. Are you not bothered by that? Do you know what that's the equivalent of? Okay, here, 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 here's, yeah, can you say ISIS? That's the equivalent. That's the modern day equivalent. It's, it's, it's like if we find out that God has raised up ISIS to discipline the church. That's how disturbing that particular thing is. So, you know, what, 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 what do we do with that? What do we do with that? That's that, that you know, um, this is one of those moments where you're really bothered that, that God is true to his word. <laughs> right? That if you aren't obedient... If you don't live a life of righteousness, if you wander out of the boundaries of the agreement, and remember we said last week that the nation of Israel entered into this covenant agreement with God, which is really important to remember. And the covenant agreement, it says, you know, if, if, if you guys are obedient and if you do well, you know, it's going to go well for you. But if not, the time is going to come. The time is going to come where I'm going to have to do something to discipline you and to remind you and to keep you in line with who I am because that's the expectation. So this is, this is a really problematic uh, turning point. But, but let's deal with, with, with this, okay? Habakkuk, I want, to, I want to give you a passage that Habakkuk responds to God. And this is really telling because Habakkuk says, okay, okay. Will you let them get away, the Babylonians, with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless 
conquest. Now, this tells me something about the, the character of, of Habakkuk himself. Because here's the reality. For many of us, for many of us, can, can, we, can we just be really honest here? For many of us, if we hear this kind of discipline from God, right away what we're going to say is, I, you know, I, this faith thing is not good. You know, how many people, how many people, how many people do we know that once they hear something or understand something about God that they don't like, suddenly they don't want to have the relationship anymore. That God is more molded by what my desire for a God to be than the reality of who God is. And even though we don't like it, God is God. And we said that last week too. We said, you know, as much as you don't like it, God is God. And here's the other thing I want to make very, very clear. The major, the, the major posture of God over history is, is love and care and compassion. Okay? Historically, I can, I can show you historically, I can prove it historically, that when God acts in judgment, it's rare. It's not the norm. Problem is that we have this picture of God that he acts normally in judgment, which isn't typical of what the Bible demonstrates. Okay? Historically, it's very short periods in history that God has acted, you know, in incredible judgment. But, it's, but it paints a picture of the potential that God has if we're not obedient. Okay? All right? So, but... But this is, this is something about Habakkuk. Because he acknowledges that even though I don't like this, even though I don't, you know, I'm not a fan of the way that God has answered my prayer, the reality is where else am I going to go? Who else am I going to have faith in? What else am I going to do? And he appeals to God and he says, how long? Because God, this is all in your control. This is all part of what you're doing. But how many, of, how many people have we known have walked away from faith, have walked away from God because they don't like a particular characteristic of God? Habakkuk doesn't do that. Habakkuk says, again, I don't like it, but where else am I going to go? Isn't that what the disciples said to Jesus on a number of occasions? They didn't like what Jesus had to say. But Peter, for one, said, Lord, where else are we going to go? The reality is we may not like what we hear. We may not like, at times, the fact that God has to discipline or God brings uncomfortable circumstances into our lives to remind us of something that is very important to him very important to him. We may not like it, but the reality is, is where else are we going to go? How many, how many, how many, do you, how many, um, how many books have been written, written even, even recently that says God's a tyrant, bloodthirsty, he's, he's this, he's, he's, you know, all these awful things. And yet it's a misrepresentation of the majority characteristic of God. And Habakkuk doesn't like it anymore. Here's, here's, God's, here's God's answer to Habakkuk. One that we have to keep in mind. 
Then the Lord said to me, Habakkuk, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Okay? What's interesting about God's answer is that, you know what? For the moment, I'm going to use the nation of Babylon as a disciplinary tool. But guess what? The time is going to come for Babylon where I'm going to judge them too. That even though it looks like the wicked are, are winning, even though it looks like the wicked have the upper hand, it's going to be for a temporary period of time, which is really important for us because here's the, re- here's the reality, and we're going to touch on this in just a minute. There is, there is a characteristic of God that we celebrate, but it's also a problem. And uh, you may agree with me, you may, not, you, may, you may disagree with me, but we're going to deal with this problem, okay, that, 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 that happens, you know, with the kinds, kinds of tensions. But Habakkuk is told... That even though this is not, um, this is a disciplinary act for now, God will deal with the Babylonians. God will deal with Babylon. And if you know anything about you know, biblical uh, history and everything, God did eventually deal with Babylon. In fact, Babylon was conquered overnight, okay, and came to the end of that particular nation. But here are the tensions. Now, when you read texts like this, um, I'm sure you get tensions raised about your own relationship with God. And here here are the tensions that are raised with Habakkuk. You know, love over judgment. This is the first one. Because we're not comfortable with a God that has to intervene historically and judge his people. We're not comfortable with that at all. At all. Imagine, imagine how difficult it would be for us if we realized that ISIS was raised up to discipline the church. Because we have lost our sense of obedience, we've lost our sense of discipline, we've lost our sense of priority, we've lost our sense of, you know, um, you know theology, if I want to say that. Okay? What if, what if it was a wake-up call? What if? I'm not saying it is. But what if it's a wake-up call? Wow. Okay? Love over judgment. Love versus judgment. That, that, is a, that is a difficult tension that we live with all the time when it comes to God. We, we, en- we enjoy it in our lives when God pours out his mercy, pours out his compassion, pours out his love. And here's the reality for the nation of Israel, for the nation of Judah. Even though they were judged for a period of time, God always restored his love back into their, into their lives. And that's true of us. There might be a time of discipline for us, but God always comes back to loving and caring and compassionate and merciful. God comes back to that. Okay? Unless we totally reject him. That's, that's the nature. That's the nature of God. Secondly is faith versus doubt. Okay? You know, you've you got to agree that Habakkuk has got to be struggling with his faith and, and doubting the wisdom of God. How many of us reading passages like this saying, wait a minute, time out. Does God even know what he's doing? 
How many of us have ever been in a situation like that where we've asked God and we've said to God, are you sure you know what you're doing? Have you got any idea what you just did to me? Have you ever said that to God? Have you got any idea what this means? Right? And how... (laughs) There's something about Habakkuk's faith in the midst of what he learns that's a lesson for us, okay? By, by the way, if, if, if you ever read the book of Job and you read the book of Habakkuk, you're going to see a lot of similarities because nothing in Job makes sense. Same in Habakkuk, nothing really makes sense. But in the end, ultimately, both the men maintained their faith in God. That's what became so important, is it maintained their faith in God. In the midst of the doubts, in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of circumstances that most people would probably vacate the premises and say, I don't need God anymore. Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. That in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of accepting what God is bringing into their lives because, because here's, here's the reality. You might not like this, but the reality is for the nation of Judah, God had to discipline them. Don't like it, but had to do it. Okay? Here's, here's, the, here's the third one. That's, that's a biggie for, for me. Patience versus perception. Patience versus perception. How many of us love the fact that God is patient? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. We love the fact that God is patient. Here's, here's the dark side of that. Here's, here's the dark side of that. There's a problem with God's patience, at least from where I stand. Um, we've, we've all heard that passage from 2 Peter 3.9, right? The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, which is the same as what is communicated in this passage in Habakkuk as well. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to come to repentance. Isn't that a wonderful side of God's patience? You know, that that's, that that's what God is saying to Habakkuk, be patient my, my purpose is going to unfold. The Babylonians are, are going to get their due. I'll restore the nation of Israel. The one thing about the Bible that you have to understand is whenever God makes a statement of judgment, he always gives a corresponding statement of hope. It's not like total disaster. There's always this remnant. There's always this future possibility. There's always this future light. And, all, and, and God gives that because he knows that discipline has to happen. But it's not going to take all hope away from you. That's such an important thing to remember. Now, here's the downside of patience. This is the part. And, and, and tell me if I'm, you know, this, this is something that I've struggled with for years. God's patience is wonderful. I'm glad that God is patient. Because if God wasn't patient, we'd all be, we all, we'd all be in big trouble, right? Okay? Here's the problem. Because of God's patience, though, you may be doing something that God is eventually going to judge you for that you think you're okay Because you haven't been disciplined for it yet. 
You know? How, how fair is it going to feel to you when 20 years down the road you get disciplined because of God's patience and you think, I thought it was okay the whole time. I thought it was perfectly all right. I thought I was fine. I've done this so many times. Why are you judging me for it now? And God would say, because I'm patient. And I was hoping that you would get on side and repent. So I've left this long enough, and I have to deal with it. Do you get it? See, that's the problem with the nation of Israel that you, that you have to understand. It's God was patient with them, patient with them, patient with them, patient with them. Patient with them. Finally send the prophets to tell them and to tell them and to tell them and to tell them. And you can't miss that part of Habakkuk in doing this. Because God gave them lots of opportunity. And then finally when he had to discipline them, that's what happens. But that's the downside of God's patience. God's patience is a characteristic I celebrate every day because I would be in trouble personally. We all would be in trouble. Thank God for God's patience. But the reality is, if we're not careful, God's patience could make us assume something about ourselves that isn't necessarily right. How many people in our culture, honestly, you know, let, let's get doomy. Can we get doomy and gloomy for just a second? What if God was to stop history tomorrow? And, 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 you know, we think of the ugly side of judgment, and God is going to judge the world. How many people are going to say, I thought we were okay? Wow. How, how many of us would say, how many of us would say that? And then, and then we'd say, God, why didn't you tell me? And God would say, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Hear the church? You know that guy you hate on TV that goes blah, 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 you know? He was saying something about it. <laughs> well, you know, have you ever, a person on the street corner, you know, how many, how many times is that? How many times, how many times, how many times, how many times? Remember just last week, somebody said, you know, we really shouldn't do this, and you ridiculed it, right? That's, that's the reality. But that's the problem I have with God's patience. It can make us assume something that is probably in line for God's discipline. So how do you know, right? See, that's the thing. When we look around, we say, why do the wicked prosper? It's one of those things where God says, you know, the wicked are going to get their due. God's promised that. They're going to get their due. It's just going to come in time. Be patient. Be patient. That's the thing we have with God's patience. Why do the wicked prosper? The wicked prosper only, only for a time. But eternity is in the hearts of those who have faith in Christ. Faith in the Lord. That Makes all the difference in the world. You know, I, you know, this is this is a tough mess. It is a tough book, right? You're gonna, you know, there's 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 a lot of stuff that you have to 
kind of wrestle with in your own life. You know, this whole thing between love versus judgment, you know, faith versus doubt, patience versus perception, right? We can, we can look around and say, you know what, we're good because we've been blessed. We have this, we have this material thing and all this kind of stuff. But the reality is, is that God is patient in your life. And what if, what if you stop listening to God and there's something, something that could potentially Bring God's discipline in your life because you assume you're okay because it's gone for so long. Just, just saying. Just saying. Um, I came across a, a, a national assessment of education uh, progress in the U.S. Um, and I, I, I got a really big kick out of this. And, and they surveyed eight graders about their perception of the world. Do you know that 33% of American Eighth graders think that Canada is the new axis of evil. Did you know that? 33% of American youth think that Canada is a dictatorship and is an evil evil country and that eventually we're going to have to deal with us. They're going to have to deal with us. Did you know that? (laughs) Canadians who say sorry at anything. Canadians who <laughs> are the most polite people on the planet, annoyingly so, um, right? Um, you know, we're, we're in Britain, you know, two weeks ago, I'm saying sorry to everything. They're looking at me like, you must be Canadian. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Blonde, well, <laughs> you know, like it's, a, like it's a slap. And they say, well, you know, came from your loins, you know. Um, but we're, we're, the, we're 30, 30%, 30%. And imagine these kids are going to grow up and become politicians and, and whatever, you know. And they think we're the axis of evil. So be careful, right? Be careful. Um, I, just, I got a big, big, big kick. Big kick out of that. Do, you know, do we know? Yeah. Axis of evil. Listen, this is, this is one of those messages that um, are, is very hard to deliver. But it's also a message that, that takes a lot of personal reflection. Because it, it's, it's some of the hardest teaching that comes out of the Bible. But for each and every one of us, there's a reality to the fact that if we're in a relationship with God, there are certain expectations that God has from that relationship. And we can assume all we want about other people being evil and wicked. But the Bible always points us first and foremost to our own hearts before we look at anybody else's hearts. I celebrate the patience of God. But don't abuse the patience of God to believe that you're okay. Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we've had this little uh, come to Jesus time this morning. And much like the prophet Habakkuk, we're scratching our heads and wondering about the wisdom of the way you dealt with the nation of Judah many years ago. But it does reflect a pattern that sometimes we can 
find our own selves in. That we can assume where we're okay. And just because we have a relationship with God doesn't mean that there aren't moments in our lives where you have to wake us up, do something, shake us out of our complacency, maybe remind us that being comfortable isn't the place that you always want us to be in. And Lord, um, to be clear, your discipline is always to make us better and to improve us and to shape us and to mold us into people who best reflect the person of Jesus Christ. So Lord, as challenging as this passage is to many of us, may it force us to reflect. May it force us to look inward and to find those situations or those characteristics in our own lives where we're willing to yield them to you and to say, Lord, these are yours to shape. Do with it as you please. So, Father, we thank you for your hand upon us in those moments where your love is evident and even in those moments where you're shaping us for something that may be a little bit more difficult. We know that you have our good in mind and your purpose and your plan. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.